Hey, welcome back to the City Rev Life podcast. My name is Roby. This is Rebecca, and we're going to be talking about addiction and particularly uh, addiction and dependence and maybe some of the causes. And it's uh, there's often there's biological, chemical things going on. A lot of times there's environmental or relational things. And sometimes there's also spiritual things and often a combination of all of them. And so we want to take a holistic approach as we're giving kind of overviews of these subjects for our own help and our own sake. And so that we can feel like we're thriving, but also for the people that you love around you so that we can have uh, empathy for, for the people that are around us and know how we can be a support. And so as we're talking about addiction and dependence, I think it's actually important for us to define those two terms. So how would we define those two terms? For the purposes of just this podcast today, we're going to define addiction as a psychological need for a habit-forming substance or behavior. Um, Addiction, we typically think about in terms of um, substances like drugs and alcohol, but addiction doesn't have to necessarily always be about that. You can be addicted to um, a habit or a behavior or a thought process or a relationship, something that you need to depend on psychologically um, that becomes um, addictive or habit-forming. However, if you are or do find yourself um, addicted to substances beyond what you feel comfortable with or have a loved one that uh, has that beyond a comfort level that you or they feel comfortable with, the best intervention for that type of addiction is either in or outpatient treatment programs that are specifically designed for drug and alcohol um, or community resources like AA or NA, getting a sponsor. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of research um, in these community resources as well as the medical component through treatment centers to really combat that side of addiction. Um, But a lot of where we're going to camp out today is more on that dependent side of things because dependence is harder to kind of necessarily put your finger on because you can have maybe a dependence or or lead into a dependence and not necessarily know it until you've gotten to a full-blown addiction. And so at that point, it's harder, right, to um, come back from that. And so that grayer area, am I dependent, am I not, is kind of where we're going to camp a little bit more on. Yeah. And I, let me just speak into that real quick before you keep going, sure. just from a, as a pastor, um, for someone who's walking through addiction, um, there are people all around us mm-hmm. that we know and love people that sit near you at church that have walked mm-hmm. through addiction and have walked out of that addiction and have taken advantage of things like AA or yeah. NA or an in-treatment or out-treatment center. Like those things, Christian, please don't ever feel shame. Mm-hmm. Please don't ever hesitate to take advantage of those things. That doesn't mean that you've lost. Mm. That means that you're wise. Mm. And so please feel free to take advantage of that. And when it comes to talking about dependence, this is why this is so important. Uh, Sometimes we only think in the category of addiction. And so if someone's on the path to addiction, they're like, well, I'm not addicted. I'm not addicted. I'm not addicted. And there could be dependence forming uh, uh, towards something, uh, all any number of things. And so we want to be good at being able to 
to see in ourselves and being able to have a trusted brothers and sisters around us and family members around us that can help us discern, is this becoming something that I've got dependence on? And so yeah. we want to work that skill. We don't want to just ask the question, am I addicted or not? We want to actually be saying, yeah. hey, is there dependence mm -hmm. forming? And mm -hmm. so let's get a good definition of dependence. Yeah. Dependence is heavily relying on someone or something despite the adverse consequences. So despite um, the consequences it's having on you, your body, or probably those around you more so, um, you continue in this relationship or indulging in this thing or behavior or habit, whatever. So it's really anything that there's negative consequences from, mm -hmm. but despite that I'm hurting myself or others, I keep going Still back to that same thing. It. Yep. I, what I like about this, it, it's broad enough where it can apply to so many different things yep. that we can be dependent on. But I also think this is a very biblical definition of dependence. And I mm -hmm. think about Proverbs 23, and it's specifically making a warning statement about wine, about alcohol. And there are other passages that that use alcohol in positive senses, but there are there are dangers that al that the Bible speaks about with alcohol, and one of them talks about that dynamic of dependence. Let me just read you this. This is out of Proverbs 23. This is uh, I'm going to pick it up at verse um, 31. It says, "Do not look at wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup and goes down smoothly. In the end, it bites like a serpent and stings like an adder." Your eyes will see strange things. Your heart will utter perverse things. You will be like one who lies down in the midst of the sea, like one who lies on top of a mast. They struck me, you will say, but I was not hurt. They beat me, but I did not feel it. When shall I awake? I must have another drink. So in the end, it's talking about all these things that what it says, tarrying long over wine, like mm -hmm. when someone is really giving themselves to drinking, there's all of these consequences. You say things you regret, you see things or perceive things you regret, you, the, the rooms spinning around as if you're in the middle of the ocean, there, there's things you're, you're getting hurt and not even realizing mm -hmm. you're hurt and you wake up and at the end of all of that, you're like, I'm going to go do it again. Mm -hmm. And so it's that it's a biblical, uh, it's, it's this uh, therapeutic definition of dependence being continuing in something despite the fact that it's hurting me. That's dependence. That is uh, actually stumbling across a truth in scripture right. that's been there all along. Yes. Um, but it doesn't just have to be uh, about alcohol or substances. There's so many right. things that we can find dependence on. Right. So how can we kind of kind of screen ourselves for those behaviors? Yeah. So just some kind of questions to ask yourself. Um, are there any changes in your normal behavior? Do you find yourself staying up later and later and later to engage in a certain hobby, activity, or behavior that you otherwise normally would not have? And is it um, bringing more adverse consequences? Are you waking up more tired, more irritable, less present for your job, for your kids? Um, is, there, is there that change in your normal behavior, your routine? Um, do you continue doing it despite the negative consequences? Um, you, that payoff in the moment is still trumping the wisdom of the effects that it's having on you and those around you. Um, so taking inventory of that, um, are you still engaging in it despite those adverse consequences? Mm -hmm. um, do you lie or hide participating in that behavior or that habit? Um, if you find yourself kind of being secretive about it, there might be an indicator there that there's something 
you're trying to keep from other people. Um, and that usually indicates that there's just something that's discontent with you or that would bring shame or guilt if, if it were brought to light. And um, hopefully there's no shame, but there's hopefully just help and hope on the other side of mm-hmm. bringing something like that to light. Um, lastly, is there just denial? It's just straight up denial of, hey, I don't think this is a problem of mine. And um, do we pause long enough to consider, I guess? And it may not be a problem. And that's um, wonderful. And and there is freedom in Christ with a lot of things that are permissible. Um, but if there is something that is worth pausing for, consider some of these habits that could be destructive and just consider before writing it off and dismissing it as no. Yeah. And I might just say, uh, Christian, as you're listening, through this podcast, there's a good chance the Holy Spirit is already surfacing something in your heart. And it mm-hmm. could be any number of things. Um, it could be um, it, it could be alcohol. It could be uh, pornography. It could be shopping. It could be food. It could be any number of things that we continue in and it's having negative consequences for us, but we just keep going back to that same thing. And so Take a deep breath. Just rest. It is for freedom that he sets us free. And so let the Holy Spirit speak speak into your heart and into your mind and consider some of these interventions. We're going to talk about a spiritual intervention and then really, would, would you say it's a biological intervention? Uh, like a, that, the life hack is almost a biological it's, intervention? Uh, yeah, I would say even more so an, an environmental. Environmental. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's start with the, the spiritual one. Why don't you speak to sure. that? Okay. Well, um, in the intro, we talked about just this premise of idolatry. And I think that truth, that biblical truth really speaks well into this particular podcast because um, idolatry is going to anything other than God with savior-like expectations. And so whether it's shopping or uh, compulsive behavior or uh, you know those types of addictions that we're talking about, if we're looking for that to bring us that freedom... Mm. Um, that only Jesus is meant to deliver, then we might be going to and worshiping a man-made idol. And scripture is very clear about um, about what we're supposed to do with idols and the effect that idols have on us. There's one in particular in Psalms 115 that I just found particularly interesting. And it also gives voice to um, the environmental interventions that we're going to talk about. So in Psalm 115 in verse four, it start, it's talking about idols and it says, um, they're the work of human hands. They have mouths, but don't speak eyes, but don't see ears. They don't hear noses, but don't smell. They have hands, but don't feel feet, but don't walk. They make no sound in their throat. Those who make them become like them. And so do all who trust in them. And so it goes through the five senses, um, and, and, and just kind of shows what an idol is like. And by the way, we become like that too, as we behold it. So, um, setting that framework of, okay, idols need to be dethroned and then they also need to be replaced, Mm -hmm. but replaced with what? Replaced with truth and scripture and ultimately the love of Jesus. That is going to help from a spiritual standpoint, disarm this hole that addiction has on us by dethroning these idols in our lives. Yep, Idols have to be replaced by the one true living God. They're false gods. And I love the definition you gave, going to anything other than God with savior-like expectations. An idol is something, often a good thing, mm-hmm. um, and maybe usually a good thing. An idol is a good thing that we make an ultimate thing, as as one uh, pastor put it, or it's something that we go to and we're we're expecting it to act like God and do in our lives what only God can do. And so, 
a lot of times with dependency, if there's that thing that we keep going to, despite the negative consequences in our lives, that it becomes a thing that we fixate on. And I think this passage you shared is so perfect because it talks about how we become, it's describing an idol being dead. It's not using its five senses. And then it says we become like it. And so here's how this plays out. We become so fixated on a particular thing. Oh, I just... I just I just can't wait till five o'clock so I can have a drink or I just can't wait to the weekend so that um, I can um, smoke marijuana or I can't wait to just um, to have that time alone on the couch where I can just eat that ice cream, you know, to excess or um, I just I have to go online and shop because I'm stressed or I, I can't can't resist gambling or um, I can't wait till I'm alone and look at pornography or whatever it may be. There's this thing that we can fixate on and what happens is everything else in our life, it kind of goes dead. And it's that one thing that we, we, it's like we can take a hit from, and it's that one thing we're looking to take a hit from to feel alive. And what God wants to do is say, you, you're deadening the rest of your life. The other senses, you're deadening them for this one thing. And I, I think of it like a huge banquet table. There's a massive banquet table. And I want you to think, and uh, right in front of you, there's all kinds of things. There's these huge tomahawk steaks and there's a uh, perfectly cooked brisket and there's pork chops and there's barbecue ribs and there's all of these sides. I could keep going hungry? on and on. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually getting hungry talking about I think we get the it. point. <laughs> okay, you got the point. But there's there's cakes and chocolate. Is that more up your alley? Yeah, okay, right, right, the right. cakes yeah. and the cookies and all of those things. It's a huge feast. But let's say all you can fixate on is that plate of butter. And all you can think about is, I just want to eat some butter. And, and oh, someone tells you, but there's steaks here. And you say, can I put butter on the steaks? You know, and you're, all you can think about is the butter. And so God is saying, let me just take the butter off the table for a second. You're like, no, don't take that away. And he's saying, I want to take this away mm -hmm. to awaken you mm -hmm. to all of the other wonderful things in your life. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes the reason we hold on to and we're afraid to address those things that we're dependent on is we feel like we're going to lose our life. Mm -hmm. But he's actually wanting to give us life to the full. He's saying, I'm going to help you not be fixated on that one thing so you can feel alive for all of these other wonderful right. things that I that I can give you. Right. So really the 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 tool that we're going to kind of camp out on here for a little bit these environmental biological tools that we're going to give you today is kind of a life hack to that exact thing that you just described. How do we get to a place where we can do that for ourselves, right? Um, and so we're going to appeal to our environment and specifically our senses. Um, in our brains, our sensory motor cortex, I know I lost some of you right there with just saying that, <laughs> but hang with me because it's important. Um, our sensory motor context is along that frontal lobe that we talked about in the intro. It's kind of like from ear to ear. If ladies, you wear a headband, it's kind of on that part of your brain. And um, it's where our five senses are. And um, appealing to our senses, it's kind of like in, in the realm of addiction, it's kind of like waking up your child from um, a dead sleep, you know, in the morning. I don't know if you wake up your kids in the morning or if they have their own alarm clock or if you've been woken up, you have very specific <laughs> rules about who should wake you up or how they should wake you up or the, the volume of your alarm clock. You know, typically though, if you're waking someone up, so you're gonna do like a light but firm pressure. You're gonna use a nice tone, wake up. You might give them a hug. You appeal to their sense of touch and, um, you know, have a soft, soothing sound, appeal to their 
sense of hearing. You're going to do things and appeal to their senses to wake them up and out of sleep. In the same way, we're going to appeal to our environment to wake our brains up through the senses. Now, here's the cool thing about that. If you appeal to one of your senses, the way that the Lord has biologically wired our brain, it's like if you were to take a, a needle and just gently tap on the part of our brain where we sense, let's say, touch, and just kind of tap on it and give it a, a regular, rhythmic, rhythmic, consistent stimulation, it's going to affect all the senses and the neurons along that sensory cortex. And so by affecting one sense, you're actually going to end up lighting up all of the senses and all of the neurons on that cortex. Well, that is going to start to wake in the front part of your brain where we need to be to restore mental health for us. And it's just one of the quickest ways to kind of get in there and start like shaking our brains awake, the part at least that we need to be awake to create that circuit again where we're experiencing rewards and joy and pleasure that should naturally be occurring in our brains. So we're kind of using that as a first stop in rewiring our reward circuits so that eventually becomes the payoff instead of what we're going to, what we're addicted to. At first, if we're trying to replace it with just the sensory input, it's not going to yield the payoff that this long time, you know, ritualistic behavior that you go to, um, that idol that we're going to, we've talked about, it's not going to yield the same payoff. But as we continue to go to those practices, appeal to our senses, um, research shows specifically um, appealing three ways to help stimulate this part of our brain is important. One, appeal to nature. Nature naturally can awaken your senses, especially if you pay attention to it. It can do it regardless. And that happens when we go on vacation. We're like, oh, I so needed that, right? Just getting away with the kids. I was at the mountains or the beach. It just does that for us without even thinking. But we don't have to wait to go on vacation for that to happen. If you take a walk, close your eyes and hear the sounds, hear the birds, feel the wind on your face, feel the sun melting your skin, whatever, wherever you are in your environment, if you just take a minute and go through the five senses, let nature stimulate those five senses in just five, 10 minutes. Allow that part of your brain to get awakened in that small way. You're going to just start the ball rolling in the direction you want it to go. Another way is just to appeal to art and beauty. We can't see art and beauty and appreciate it or hear something beautiful without that part of our brain lighting up. So just appealing to that side too, as well is going to help get us in there and get that ball rolling, as well as appealing to your spiritual walk with the Lord. Mm. That also lights up the parts of our brains, that reward circuit that we're wanting to rewire to help lead us to this payoff, to this effect that will make that idol, that addiction fall short in comparison to what we're grasping when we, we behold our Savior. And one of my favorite authors, Ruth Simmons, puts it this way, you, be, you become what you behold. And it's so true. And the scripture here says it in Psalm 115, verse 8, those who make them, meaning those who make idols, become like them, and so do all who trust in them. But the inverse is true. As you behold Jesus, as you behold your Savior, instead of going to something else for Savior-like expectations, you just behold the Savior. You become more and more like him and reflect his likeness and beauty and get to receive the benefits of, of enjoying him and, and, and enjoying him forever. You know, it's so interesting. I, I love how simple that life hack is. And and let's just kind of, let me see if I can re recap sure. it in a way and, and tell me if I get this right. But 
so simple yet so powerful because we know biblically and we can think it through just anecdotally in our lives if there's that one thing that you're going for maybe it's it's whatever that thing is that you're saying i i might have some dependency on this whether it's eating drinking shopping whatever it may be there's that one thing that i think is a little out of order in my life and i need mm. to address well good for you that's what a mature christian does stops and takes inventory well um uh, oftentimes there's that one there's a predictable or a couple predictable times where uh, where someone goes to those things and by the time someone gets to that predictable time, maybe it's at home after work or at night when the kids go to bed or late at night when everyone's asleep or whatever it is, there's that predictable time. And when we come up to that time, we feel this tension of, well, I, I feel like this is, a, this is becoming addictive or this is, de- I, I, I probably should. And we don't have the strength to overcome in that moment. But what you're saying is if it's probably because we're kind of numbed and starving all until that moment. And so the idea of letting go of that thing that we think brings this burst of life into, into our lives, it's hard to let go in that moment. But if we go all throughout the day and intentionally are awakening our senses, feast your senses, feasting our senses, senses, and it, it, and even as you're talking about it, it just sounds so life-giving. I mean, imagine you take a walk, and, but in, when you take, the, take a walk, it's not just being lost in all your thoughts of all mm-hmm. the terrible things that are going on in your life and things you have to fix. You actually just turn that off and you just actually open your eyes. I go for walks sometimes and I don't even see anything. I'm just, my eyes are open, but I miss it. But what do you smell? What do you feel? You know, what, what do you, what do you hear? You know what, when you, um, take a, a drink of crisp, cold water, like actually feel it in your mouth and actually taste it and actually just take a second to just take in those senses. By the time we come to those moments where we go to that dependent thing, mm-hmm. we will have, we won't come nearly as starved and we may still have a habit to overcome, mm-hmm. but we're more equipped in that moment to overcome that that thing. It's such a beautiful life hack, but it's really beautiful and it's really scriptural yeah. because the idol has shut down our senses to make us fixated on that. Right. We we like the the scripture says, we have all of these senses but we literally don't see, hear, speak, touch all of those things. And so we become like a dead idol. And that's when we feel dead, right? It's, it's we don't feel that life-giving um feeling that joy that that scripture talks about and it's because we take on the image of our idol and we need to take on the image of our savior yeah and so if we feel like there's only one thing that can bring us life and that is uh it's eating drinking pornography shopping whatever that is it can be vacations it could be whatever it could be consuming media whatever that it's like that's my one thing that brings me life that's an idol that's gotten us fixated and it's deadening Mm -hmm. ourselves and so Here's the, here's the, maybe we'll end on this note, a a key takeaway as you're thinking about this intervention is, is bring it into the light. Mm. Christians, we want to just lock arms with each other. If we're sensing dependencies in our lives, we want to worship the Lord Jesus Christ and Jesus alone. And so that is a community project. Mm -hmm. So if there's something that you've been convicted about, bring it to light with a brother or sister and and walk forward in the confidence that he's going to give you victory. Um, Hey, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the City Rev Life podcast. We'll see you next time. 
Thank you so much for listening to the City Rev Life podcast. Feel free to subscribe and leave a rate and review. And we love it when you share it with your friends on social media. So don't forget to tag us at cityrev.church. If you're interested in more resources, download our City Rev Church app and follow us on social media. Thank you so much and have a great day.